and uh, welcome back everybody um episode 17 thank you so much for holding on i know it's been a few days a week or so um it's been a bit of a transition for myself as well as uh as the the collab house team you know um but big things are gone of course and but then you know not to say too much more than that i am once again joined by the ever-present, the omnipotent, you know, he's a a master of, of a thousand acts. He can get you uh, ice cream in Cambodia for only $9.99 and get you change back. I don't know how you can do it, but this guy knows, <laughs> and he known known as Moses Waldo. Moses, how's it going, man? Good. Uh, for a guy up? who's, uh, I believe, did you say omnipresent? Omnipresent. Yeah. I, I have no idea what the heck is behind you. Listen. You, if you're I, watching on the video, like, you'll see the background that Tendo has chosen. And I have yeah. no idea what that is. Is that a fire escape? Is that a microwave? What, where are you? It's omnipresent. It's, <laughs> it's more than one oh, thing. So things start beeping. I have no idea. It looks like a cabinet and just something high tech right in the middle of it. We got it's, a, it's it's a little like, micro. Yeah, little, I can't, like, it's a little oven over there. It just got a little, you know, a little oven here. You cook a little cheesy bread and okay. stuff like that. Cheese and just, pops and stuff. It's just how the angle is. I can't mm-hmm. even tell mm-hmm. what, like, because um, it looks like it's just cupboards and then random appliance just right smack dab <laughs> in the middle of it, which makes no sense. But I guess okay. you're in, yes. kind of in the kitchen yes. area? Yes. yes okay. So, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, welcome to the new situation, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I'm liking the place. Yeah. yeah, thank you, thank you. Yeah, so, um, yeah, man, uh, how have you been? How how have things been? You know, had a lot to catch up on. A lot more mm-hmm. has happened since we've last talked. Um, but yeah, what what's catching your eye? First off, do you have anything? Well, you know, a few things we'll be discussing today. Uh, in yeah. particular, uh, we'll talk about the the Celtics and Raptors. You know, my Celtics, I knew the series was going to go seven, but there are moments when they look like they were going to take this in four, and then you're like, oh, yeah, they're going to take it in six, and then, you know, ultimately that crazy, and it's rightfully so. A lot of the NBA players were tweeting out, this is an instant classic, and they're not far off. They're absolutely oh, yeah. This is, to be honest. Yeah. This rates up there as one of the greatest postseason basketball games, and certainly you would make the case that this is the best or was the best basketball game in the bubble thus far oh, oh for sure for sure this is one of those where you can tell as a canadian or someone who's who's been in canada and watching nba tv and nba tv canada um when um they when you know a regular season has ended and it's just baseball and nba tv canada has nothing to play they will play this rerun that's how special this game was. This series was that good. Yeah. Raptors Hardwood Classics man, on repeat. Listen, let me tell you if I hadn't seen DeMar DeRozan <laughs> make it and then just get destroyed in the Eastern Conference like by LeBron um, three or four times over. And it was so painful to watch because like you're just like, this is all they can show. Because this is the best that the, 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 the Raptors had done thus far. But this is added to it. I agree. This game, this series, nail-biting. Um, you know, it came in with a lot of heat uh, weeks, weeks prior. You know, I, I was very confident in the boys. Uh, I'm not too sure what's going on. Um, Siakam caught a bit of a, a communicable disease. Uh, virus, viral, and in, in fact, you know, some people might say COVID. I was saying it's uh, it's called uh, Paul Paul Georgiitis, is what it's called. Uh, <laughs> it seems he's contracted the Paul Georgiitis. Pretty. See, bad. I'm gonna go one step further. Yeah, he's secretly taping Space Jam Two. Okay, <laughs> he's got his talent taken by the the Monstars. Okay. That's is what happened to Siakam. Okay, 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 okay. But he's the only one <laughs> going through this right now. Well, maybe Giannis. Maybe he was just faking the injury. You know? <laughs> Listen, <laughs> let's talk about the collapse. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, definitely we have a lot to get into that, including um, 
more of the NBA, um, what they've been going through. And like you had said, uh, Giannis, let's get in on it, man. He has had um, a lackluster, you could say, postseason. Um, the Bucks leaving or leading um, with a 60-win uh, regular season. You know, they were a cut, cut and dry above the rest. They were 2-0 and on both the main opponents, being the Celtics and um, uh, the Raptors in terms of potential um, Eastern Conference final um, competitors. And it looked as though Milwaukee were just quite destined to make it there. But Giannis seems to seem see himself now on the outs, you know. You, we do know he's got that one year left. Um, but now, you know, things are starting to swirl around Moses as to where his final destination will be. Will, will it still be um, in Milwaukee? Or where do you think he may find himself come next year? I think... I think it's going to be a referendum on the Bucks next season because he's still got another year on that contract. Then he's a free agent. If this team does not get its act together and put some pieces, as much as Middleton is a good, you know, all-star player, he is not another superstar. You need two, possibly three superstars to win an NBA title. Um, you know, when you look at um, maybe a, a, an exception to the rule, be Kawhi Leonard uh, in terms of what he did with the Raptors last season. Uh, but when you look at it overall in the last decade, it's been teams that have built each other. Like Unless you're like a, a team unit like the Dallas Mavericks were, you look at the Heat, you look at the Golden State Warriors uh, in that time, uh, they ha- they were loaded with all-stars, never yeah. mind, you know, superstars. So yeah. th- for me, I think it's it more really than, comes it's down more to putting player. those – you well, yeah. You need another guy. You'll yeah. you'll need a one A or a, a great Robin in that situation to help you out. And Giannis, as much as he likes Middleton, you look at the team that built sixty wins, um, and I think they lost a lot of the momentum once the season was paused, and then starting to jump back into it. And then, of course, what happened with uh, the case out in the uh, Kenosha, Wisconsin, uh, with the shooting over there. Yeah. And, uh, and that caused them to, to cancel. I, th- I don't know if their emotions or heads were all in the right place wanting to play basketball to begin with. But I think what it comes down to is next year is going to be a referendum. Next season is going to be a referendum on the Bucks. Can they get this guy the talent so they can get over the hump? Because mm-hmm. I don't think if they don't make it to the NBA Finals, I have a hard time seeing, unless like something dire happens when like, like just – destroyed and decimated by injuries but there's a lot of hope for the team yeah Uh, if they don't at least reach the nba finals i think we'll see Giannis head somewhere else Hmm. Hmm. heavy 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 stuff you know the thing is you know Giannis um is being you know lauded as a back-to-back mvp and it's it is not fair really to say that he shouldn't receive the talent, you know, that at, at his caliber. But I think the problem is, is he is too much of a nice guy. I don't think he has really put himself in the role of an MVP, a superstar, because he needed to have made demands on this squad at least two seasons back. We've already seen the majority of this lineup um, the last two, three seasons, if we're being honest. The core of it, right? At least Giannis mixed with uh, two or three shooting options, right? That can help play him down the middle, and then he can um, do a lot of the work um, scrapping up the offensive boards and then also going for the swats as well, right? So it's just mm. you need a few options around. And Chris Middleton's been there for a little bit. Bledsoe, maybe not so much, you know. Uh, I think, I guess, they had uh, Brogdon before, there, before then, which I think, big mistake to let him go. But I don't think he's pushing enough and I and it's kind of funny because I think he needs to become his own LeBron James get involved in the front office enough and I think I agree with you the referendum but the push needs to come from him 
specifically um, to say it is either this or that. There's no taking a back seat anymore. He shouldn't have taken a back seat the last two, three years. I don't think Bledsoe as a pickup is really or or, or stopping at Bledsoe and and George Hill. Um, don't I don't think they should satisfy any superstar or superstar bound player like like Giannis who wants a championship he should be able to say without a shadow of a doubt I need better quality than this in the league that I'm in today after seeing what Toronto just did last season by playing in a system that works not necessarily having out and out superstars but a system that functions I can't just rely on the goodwill of the Milwaukee public you know it's it's got to really be a a desire and a drive to get there. I don't think it's going to be easy, and I don't even know who they can shoot shoot for. Really, I think maybe Chris Paul if he's available. Uh, outside of that, you know, what do you really? What are your real options in 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 the grand scheme of things? Who's really a good pickup? Maybe there'll be a tussle depending on the, where the chips fall at the end of this season. You know, there may be a few guys who are on single-year contracts looking for a new home. Um, But outside of that, Milwaukee, you guys are faced with a really tough decision. You may even have to sell a lot more people in order to get the help that this guy needs. Well, it'll be interesting to see what type of guy that they're going to try to bring in. Yeah. Uh, Because I was talking about, like, bringing in another superstar. But when looking at this list... um, I don't know if you're going to necessarily find that guy um, to per se. There hasn't when I'm looking at the 2020 free agency list and there isn't many big names. You do have Fred Van Vliet, who is mm-hmm. a free agent uh, that you could throw in there uh, if you, you wanted to. But just looking at some of these, some of the names that are like going through like Robin Hood, Darren Fox, uh, Gordon Hayward, Andre Drummond. Um, you just just trying to see Dwight Howard is going to potentially be a free agent. I don't know if he, I don't know. You Dwight, don't know. no, Dwight wants, sure. to, Dwight, trying wants to to Dwight wants to stay. Dwight wants to stay with the yeah, yeah, LA he, boys. He, he, Wait, who, who wants to leave that? Dude, I want to be an LA <laughs> I was going to say Carmelo Anthony. Oh, my is, God. Uh, <laughs> Carmelo Anthony has another two, three seasons in him, guaranteed. I think he's proven. He's more but than proven. Yeah, that. but I don't know if he's going to be that guy that's going to help you. Oh no, who's going to take but, the risk on that? Are you crazy? That'd be that's <laughs> lunacy. You don't. Yeah, I'm just looking at these names. To, there's some great names like Damari Carroll. Like there's some great player, like depth guys. But yeah. in terms of finding that like superstar, it's important. That's going to be tough. I, yeah, exactly that. Exactly that, Moses. It's going to be tough. Like this is something that this is a decision they should have made two, three years ago. We've effectively seen him just sit on his hands the last three seasons. And it, I mean, I'm not saying he had the cachet, but now he's be, he's going to be named a back-to-back MVP. I think it was easy to see at that point prior to this that his trajectory was at that level already. You know, I I think it was it was just a matter of time. And... To not credit him with with having better options to play with, I think it's a disservice. But I think it's double. You know, I think it's himself as well as the organization. Milwaukee are gonna rue the day. They should. Does have had Milwaukee this need out. a point guard though? Yeah, they do. They do. And does Mike Connolly fit that role? But Mike Connolly needs to make sure he's he's ready to shoot day day in day out. Because Mike Conley needs to know that no one else on that team can shoot. <laughs> <laughs> well, no considering like you had guys like shoot. was it? Uh, I don't know. He I, I always get them mixed up. I was gonna say Robin Lopez, but there's also his brother too. Robin, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. The Lopez brothers. The Lopez brothers yeah, can shoot from the perimeter. They they were, but then they yeah. kind of stopped. Um, well, the but the season, but in Hauser's system doesn't allow it really. You know, I think for them, he prefers them to spread the floor and then help for screens and, and help um, get Giannis into the lane. That's really what a lot of the team plays are built around, in my opinion. You know, people might see it a little different, 
But, you know, the reason he gets to score that many points night in, night out is due to that fact. And then, obviously, Chris Middleton's next up on the score sheet. And then Bledsoe or uh, George Hill, usually third or fourth. But, yeah, like, this is not... and It's not rocket science. I don't think they're... And I don't, and I don't say that like as if we, I, I myself being a Toronto fan and a casual fan at that, know better. But I just felt like Milwaukee had a, Giannis is a stronger, like, an incredible player. I realized that last year, in the Eastern Conference Finals, watching him, his physicality, I said this man is incredible. But we beat him. Like you just had to put a wall. At the perimeter, so he can't drive. After being down 2-0. It's, I just, you know, and it's, it's sad. It's sad because he deserves more, and if he doesn't fight for it, he's not going to get there. I just don't think so. And, uh, you know, glad to end on that note, because, you know, we love to have fun here and talk about things that are fun and great. Um, death, destruction, death, and destruction. that's all about the Milwaukee Bucks organization oh, over the next yeah, couple of years because they yeah. might be basement dwellers in. Yeah. Giannis is gone. <laughs> no, yeah. You're more than welcome to come to Boston. Yeah, uh, no, 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 no. You guys are you guys are stacked. Don't worry about you. Don't worry about them. Hey, but, we, hey, we need a guy who can just get us over the hump. That's uh, what we need. Well, talking about guys, because we, we got superstars that he needed. Of we course, needed Jason Tatum. You need a Jalen Brown. You need a Marcus Smart. Come to Boston. Gross. That's all we ask. All of that gross. And you got a great coach <laughs> who will design plays strictly for you and understand how you work. Okay. 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 No. No. See you in no. 2025. Yeah, yeah. It's not happening. But uh, to switch to that, you know, I'm switching to another team that really is in desperate need here. It's uh, the... the the Barca saga and the Messi saga continues. Since last we spoke, Moses, um, it was just that it had just been reported that obviously Messi had asked to leave um, and that he had made a verbal agreement with, um, I guess, Pep. And City. Man yeah, Man City. City he, officially, he, they were talking terms yeah. five years, three with the big club in England, and then two years with their sister team in the MLS, uh, NYFC. Yeah, crazy, crazy deal. I mean, what? Crazy deal. Um, but then obviously, you know, this was all contingent on a little thing we like to call a release clause. Um and uh, I don't know if the, the world is too aware of it, but uh, Messi had a release clause that uh, rivals, I think, multinational corporations even. You know, things, release clauses. It's a hostile takeover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a hostile takeover is what it is. Um, but uh, nearly, a, I could say, just, just a quarter shy of a billion euros. So it's about 720 um, or seven foot thirty or something million. Yeah, it was over seven hundred million euro. Yeah, um, it came out to it was it eight nine hundred or something eight hundred something U.S. Yeah, one point one billion Canadian is just absolutely absurd, an astronomical number. And, and like there are probably GDPs in certain countries that don't reach that. Listen, you they know themselves. I'm not gonna put you guys out there, but y'all know yourselves. But anyway, besides that, what I'm trying to say is. That's that's not even his wage. That's just to have a conversation. That's just to be at the table, ladies and gentlemen, at the I'm in the messy business table. Yeah, you have to put realize, down. Oh, yeah, this is how much you want to get paid. How many per week? How much <laughs> is it? He's going to get paid like a million, over a million per week? A million, well, I don't know, euros per week? Yeah, so ridiculous numbers. So this was all conditionally put together and then obviously you know you had that you had that clause coming up and um you know as of recent we the silence on Messi's side has been broken um he did actually come out and say he was no longer going to leave Barcelona 
and uh, people were wondering what Sufrí he was thinking of. De, so he did come over. De los partidos, del uh, vestuario. Se me hizo muy, muy difícil I, I y todo eso me llevó a, combat, a uh, plantearme mi, and, uh, have a little mi marcha del club y buscar nuevos objetivos, nuevos aires. Y una experiencia nueva para mí, no viene a causa de de Champions que que dolió mucho pero no es por eso que era mi decisión era mi decisión que que la había venido meditando y estudiando todo el año que se lo venía comentando al presidente y bueno el presidente siempre dijo que 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 yo a final de temporada podía decidir si me podía ir o me podía quedar y y al final lo terminó cumpliendo con su palabra ¿Te, te sentiste dolido, me imagino que sí, pero sobre todo, ¿te sentiste en algún momento un poco solo? No, solo, solo no, porque siempre estará lo mío. Pero sí que me sentí dolido por muchas cosas que, que escuché de, de la gente o del periodismo, sobre todo porque mi barcelonismo y sacando cosas que no me parece que me merezca. He escuchado todo, pero bueno, también me sirvió para para ver dónde va cada uno y, y ver quién es quién realmente eh, en este mundo de, de fútbol que sabemos que es muy difícil muy falsa y, y bueno, esto me dio para, para reconocer a mucho más de ellos que, que por ahí lo que tenía considerado de de otra manera, pero, pero me dolieron mal las cosas cuando se me ponen en, en duda mi, mi amor por este club, porque por más que me vaya o no me vaya, eso no, no va a cambiar nunca. Sí, hablemos de, de todo eso que se ha dicho y de todo lo que se ha especulado y todo lo que se ha rumoreado. Se ha hablado mucho de, de, del factor dinero, mucho de, del factor de, de, de los amigos, los amigos de Messi, permanentemente se, se habla de, de eso. ¿Qué es lo que más te ha dolido de todo lo, lo que has escuchado? Que has dicho, es injusto para mí que llevo 20 años defendiendo la camiseta de él. Y un poco de todo, ¿no? un poco de lo que voy a decir, de, de los amigos, de que tomo decisiones, de que, de que prefiero el dinero o, o muchas más otras cosas que, que se dijeron. Eh, siempre siempre puse el club antes que cualquier cosa en toda mi mis decisiones de que llego acá muchísimo tiempo antes y so I will speak on behalf por dinero tuve la oportunidad de estar no official word or okay. will this actually count entrará yeah, yeah, yeah. a mi casa y que, okay. que era muy difícil que yo me vaya de acá y, Messi did nothing wrong y era lo que realmente siento y mejor que acá es difícil estar en otro lado pero sentía que, que necesitaba un cambio okay. like, que he quería probar nuevas cosas y que necesitaba nuevo objetivo y aspirar a la cosa nueva. Pero al final Leo es muy difícil de renunciar a 20 años, ¿no? a toda una vida, a toda una vida, a toda una familia que está aquí en Barcelona. Sobre todo yo creo que eso es lo que pesa más a la hora de decir, bueno, voy a seguir Barcelona. Claro que, perdón, vas a seguir. Claro que es difícil y me costó muchísimo llegar a tomar la decisión. Por eso te digo que no viene del resultado de contra el Barça. Eh, and I think that also de, de un montón de cosas que, the, que vienen pasando the, the, eh, siempre dije que yo quería terminar mi carrera acá pero siempre dije que, right. que quería un proyecto cool ganador que quería seguir you know, ganando el título team, con el, con we'll el club y seguir a, rise and a the blood is boiling and things like that happen so for my man Messi I don't blame him for this one bit uh, I think the other thing was how sneaky and deceptive but yet At the same token, I can't blame Barca for doing, and it's slightly agreeing with you, that the fact that you have an exit clause that is worth so much money, that I'm not going to let you walk. The problem, however... Uh-uh, boo-boo. Mm-mm. No, no, there's a, there's a problem with this. Mm-hmm. It's stated at the end of a season, when he signed that extension, that yeah. he has the right to move on. On a free. Okay. But the problem was that was supposed to be at the end of the season in June. Well, obviously that didn't happen because of COVID. COVID delayed things. So the season didn't really end until roughly August or close to August. Of course. 
if not August. I'm trying to remember. But nevertheless, in around that time, which is what? When the new season kind of kicks off, right? They are they kind of get prepared for when it comes to the La Liga season. So when you counter when you think of all that, according to the, the to Barcelona, they're like, no, you were supposed to have that at the end of June and take the and, and, and activate it beforehand. But it's past you. So that's where the squabble really comes down to. Mm-hmm. And that he would have left. And they're like, no, we're going to stick to this. But you also got to remember, Mr. Bartomo, the president of Barcelona, has a lot of issues. Like he is for tax evasion. Like he is in some serious trouble right now. For sure. With the feds, with the law in Spain. And so he's like, yeah, if I can get any of that 700 million, (laughs) I will take it in a second. Please. Because that's going to help bail my ass out. Lord, have mercy. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, that's that's all I could think of. Mm-hmm. But right now, it's just a a huge uh, farce out there. And once Messi made his decision to say, you know what, I don't want to be a part of this. All of a sudden, you have people rumbling within the club that are trying to gather up enough votes to kick Mr. Bartoma out of the presidency and put somebody else in because they felt in terms of who he's brought in for his signing since he took over in 2014. Yeah. Have yeah. not been adequate enough. Yeah. That have not really provided that Barca flair. No. It's been very questionable, not just from the fan standpoint, but Messi, their superstar. You have a guy who is a world-class footballer, going to go down as one of the best ever. Certainly going to be like top three, you have to say, in terms of football. So absolutely blessed in this generation. And then you're saying, no, we're good. We're going to go this different direction. Not with the amount. Of, and if you look at the last, say, two, three years in particular, if Messi's name was not in that Barcelona um, roster sheet, if he was not in the lineup in their starting they would 11, not win. or even over there, no, they would be lucky if they're mid table. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. they would because they were just so piss poor. So dependent. Out Messi because so they've had a terrible time. Holding on to managers, yeah. Playing a system and bringing the people that are adequate to help Messi and alleviate Messi. Neymar was supposed to be that guy. They ended up selling him to PSG. Could you blame them for signing a guy for a quarter of a billion or selling him for a quarter of a billion at the time? You can't really hate on that. But they wanted to bring him in, but you decided to bring in Antoine Griezmann. You bring in Dembele, and don't get me wrong, Dembele is a great player. Um, it was Garbage. a very good player. Garbage. Garbage. Injuries have hurt him. Injuries. Injuries has been his problem. Garbage. He can't stay healthy. That's yeah. not going to help you. No. No. It's just garbage. I don't know why you're hating on him. What did he no, do to I somebody? Don't, I don't know. What did he, he do to international? He did nothing. He did nothing. He did nothing. He's a great guy. No, but I mean, He's a great guy. Yeah, no, World no, Cup no, winner. But I think, yeah, but I think what really happens in this situation is Messi wanted something. He's your superstar. You try to get him what he needs. Uh, Bartoma didn't do that. And now he's facing a bunch of backlash uh, from the government, uh, federal government on Spain, who are after him hard, um, as well as uh, people within the club. Because they're like, yeah, because they're like, you are the reason why we're struggling. For you sure. have not brought in the guys that we need. So, so I, I, I'm going to agree with Messi all the way. And I'm glad he stayed because it would just be weird to see him in any other shirt nah. other than a Barcelona. Messi's kid. simping. Messi's simping right now, man. But here's that's besides the point. Let me let me give you my let me give me my crack my crack. What do you think is Ronaldo is going to be joining like four or five different? He's going to join like what the Asian Listen, league so he could like th- score a bunch of goals there and then just have some kind of weird record where he sure. scored like you know a hundred couple you know a couple hundred goals per Listen, country. If there's another if there's another uh, record to break, Messi, you know Ronaldo's on the case. Don't worry about it, my boy. Ronaldo's on there. But what I was saying about. Um, Barcelona and Barcelona's woes. I've spoken about this a few times before, um, but I think it's really coming to light because when I was watching the this this um, breakdown here, where he was just explaining what he was hoping to get from the Barcelona organization, because he he does love this the team. I agree with you on that. He does love the team. Is that he was hoping, like he had said, that there would be young talent now. Messi's understanding of what makes Barcelona tick 
is the is the youth program is that the people that he grew up with playing with that he played in the system with that understand Barcelona football make Barcelona the best that's how he developed he wasn't great overnight it took years of honing and working with other really good minds throughout the system I think that's also where he met Pep the first time because Pep was also a junior coach around about the time that um, Messi was also coming through the ranks so they'd also met in that time as well there's a few other really good coaches um, to mold Messi into the guy he is today now where Barcelona went wrong was now trying to compete in terms of the wallet size. I don't know where the tone came from. The change was either be, be because of the, the fans wanting more success over sustained uh, years or just maybe a business outlook. But the move to make bigger and bigger purchases became more customary to a team that relied more so on developing at least one to two really core like youth talents right and holding on to them of course export the one or two that you feel like you don't necessarily need or you already have a copy for but don't just stick with you know you don't just stick with your one bread and butter you're always looking to develop and i think messi was hoping every person that they brought in was going to be someone from a, um the youth squad or a younger talent that could be molded to replace Messi. Instead, yes, he gets a Griezmann. That's not someone who's going to replace him because Griezmann is only, what, four years or five years younger than Messi? Griezmann's runway is just as short, if not shorter, than what Messi's was for, for Barcelona, right? So that that also already doesn't make any sense. And, of course, people like Dombele are, are an unfortunate... Um, situation, but then you also have to realize Philip Coutinho scored two goals against them. Philip Coutinho also was a Barcelona player who was said to be a replacement to Messi at some point, but also failed to do so. Luis Suarez was supposed to be a, um, and I mean he did his part, but also supposed to be somewhat of uh, a relief for Messi. But Messi still had to put in just as much work to get those goals to help Suarez. As well as Neymar. Neymar being the biggest fiasco of them all. Neymar was supposed to be Messi's counterpart. And then take over from Messi as as a whole. But that didn't happen. Barcelona continuously were working towards finding the next quick sale. By by going the way of, of, of Madrid. And spending deep in order to satisfy a short-term need, and they don't understand how that system works. It's really brutal, and because it's a team-oriented or, or controlled by the public, it's not, it's not something that really can work, you know, because you, you're going you're gonna to get a lot of licks the first time you do it. Man City got a lot of licks the first time, a few years they did it. Man City had Robinho. You would imagine Man City should win a Champions League, let alone Premier League, if you have Robinho on your team. And they were garbage. They had Mario Balotelli. They had Eden Zeko. They had, you know, they had Sean Ryan Phillips. I'm just listening off. Bare, bare goal men. You know, these guys were killers. And still, they hadn't won a thing. I mean, they even have Kevin De Bruyne right now, one of arguably the greatest midfielders to walk this planet. The guy can curve a ball better than um you know mrs i mean the inventor of the easy bake oven can bake an easy bake uh sandwich i don't know i don't know how to tell you yeah exactly but that's how good this guy is and they have yet to win a champions league so it's not easy um and i don't think messi appreciates or enjoys this method of recruiting and building on the team and i think that's the bigger reason why he wants to leave because and yeah, I agree with you. President himself, that outlook, that's definitely something they don't share. I think he prefers it that they go through the ranks, generate youth within the club, and grow a team that way. Instead, these guys are just trying to fish for talent elsewhere that's already polished but have no care for the team. And it shows, you know, v- Vidal was cr- cracking up the last 30 seconds of that uh, uh, defeat to... to um, to Bayern, they would get like, how are you? How are you even cracking a smile? 
Like at what point, you know, you should be horrified. If you really care about the, uh, the Jersey, you should be horrified. But yeah. So that's me off my soapbox. I was going to say, you know, what's interesting kind of to add to your point. Yeah. When did it become a role reversal for Barcelona to just buy these players endlessly not saying uh, Real Madrid doesn't do that. Yeah. But it seems like they're developing their kids and they're starting to produce and perform. And they did, especially when they came back from the restart. So it's yes. very interesting to see how those have changed now. It's a, it, yes. When you look at the youth academy in, in Madrid with Real, all of a sudden develop these kids and they're producing right now, early 20s, late teens, and they're helping out the big club. And it's funny that how Barcelona's kind of gone the opposite way and they're trying to find themselves now. Yeah, no, of course, of course. Barcelona are definitely going to need to go through a journey. Uh, president's got to go. I agree. Like Moses in the desert. Let's just hope it doesn't take you 40 years. <laughs> no, it's going to take him a while. And I, you know what? I'm going to be happy because oh, you guys on. had it coming. You guys had it coming. You thought you 2006, had it coming. This you, guy will never forget 2006. You know what? I know how you people work. And by you people, I'm talking about Arsenal fans. It's okay. You can let it go. How are we supposed to get a red card, bro? <laughs> how are you supposed to just give my keeper a red card? It makes no sense. And then you 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 forced me to put on Almunia. You forced us to put on the worst keeper we've had, barring Fabianski. In the last 30 years, like, we had Jens Lehmann, like, one of the best keepers on this planet. And you're telling me he got it. Okay. You know what? You know what, people? Ronaldinho was the star of the show. He deserved it. Whatever. Moving on to the next topic. Uh, (laughs) Okay, so uh, switching back to a different kind of football. um, NFL, we got... Recent announcement here, Deshaun Watson scores big with a uh, brand new, I guess you could say, franchise tag contract with the Texans. This man landed a, um, I guess it's a four-year, um, almost $200 million contract with the Texans, uh, about $111 million, guarantee, million dollars guaranteed. You know, so he's going to be eating nice. Um, and, you know, he's... Ever since they got rid of his boy. <laughs> they have his, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know... The, the, Hopkins, they the better book, be paying him good. The book's looking a little lighter so they could make... They could do some balancing act, right? So, um, you know, some something's got to give. But Deshaun Watson now um, entering the book as a... Um, I guess one of the, the, the next four or five... QBs, QBs of color too, um, to be paid amongst the highest in NFL Patrick history. Mahomes. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes. You know, we have. And uh, we also have uh, our guy in Seattle, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson starting things off, but he, I guess, you know, getting a little longer in the tooth, uh, took a respectable thirty-two, thirty-three million a year. So that you know. Still a really good one, but listen, I'm just saying because Patty Mahomes is out here closer to 38, and um, so is so is um, Watson right now. You know, so it's it's looking like the the standard of living for a QB is gonna go up. If you are a franchise five year, we want to stick you here. We believe in you for the next five to ten. You are expected big money, and that does come to uh, continue the saga of Dak Prescott because that, of course, um, all roads lead back to Dallas. And the issue with <laughs> Dallas right now is Dak Prescott still hasn't been able to sign, and uh, you know, just because he is one of the better players, you could arguably say he's 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 done a lot for. Uh, the the Cowboys over the last two three stretches, and uh, division division wise he's a very he, he knows what he's doing. You know, last season wasn't so great, but last two seasons he was very consistent. Um, I guess it means he needs to be getting a big big payday. Otherwise, 
I think Dak Prescott should leave. Uh, that's just me saying from uh, the outside perspective of a once, once, you know, strong cowboy fan, but now fading, fading ever so lightly into the background, fading out. The more this keeps prolonging, the more Dak Prescott is going to be excited. As long as he performs on the field and you look at the dollar amounts that's being spent on quarterbacks, that price is going to go up. So you got to expect him to be making maybe just, oh, probably under Patrick Mahomes and maybe just under, if not the equivalent of, you know, what Deshaun Watson's going to be making. Yeah. So if you look at from that angle and that perspective, that's huge for Dak. But this is a big, big one for Houston because there's a lot of issues, especially when you make the trade for, when you trade DeAndre Hopkins um, and, and do what you did. <laughs> to piss off Deshaun Watson. And I think that's, you know, obviously not a good look, especially no. when you were maybe you would argue 30 minutes away if they played much better or maybe 45 minutes depending away from um, the Super Bowl. From going from a Super Bowl. Yeah. So I I agree. I agree they it was theirs it was honestly uh that game was theirs to lose uh to be perfectly honest. And lose they did. But uh <laughs> You know, um, I I know may may uh, a minus uh, to make an addition. I guess maybe they're hoping they're going to build a better squad around Watson come the the uh, NFL season, and I mean that they they will be able to pick up a few guys on the wire as well. And this is going to be a very different type of NFL season, so I think um it'll be a lot more interesting to see strategically how these guys will work things out depending on restrictions as well with people moving around i don't know if there's anything more that they've said on that moses do you know because uh, i haven't really paid uh, a mm-hmm. whole lot of attention i'm just curious to know how it's going to roll out the good mm-hmm. news is they are going to allow a certain amount of fans in the game so there will be uh, fans uh, to watch thursday's kickoff um, for the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead, so that's that's good. I, I think having no fans and doing what they've done is respectable. Uh, they've done an admirable job, but I think having fans in the stands does mean something. So even if it's you know 250, you know if you have like a hundred thousand seat stadium and you're going with I don't know um, like twenty thousand, if you can separate them uh, appropriately. Uh, and social distance, then, hey, you know what? Let's do it. I yeah, think that's great. You're starting to see that in college football, right? I think Iowa has a, a, a stadium upwards towards 100,000 in, and they are allowing 20,000, 25,000 fans out there. Yeah, okay. So, you know, to me, I'm like, you know what? If you properly social distance, then I, I don't think that's going to be an issue. It's doable. Yeah, 100%. You won't be able to have tailgates, but you're like, eh, whatever. <laughs> it's not the end of the world. It well, sucks because tailgating is probably one of the best parts. Well, being part of the nfl experience have you ever gone to a game you got to tailgate first it's, well, it's awesome uh, i'll tell you i'll tell you what don't tell americans don't care their tailgating <laughs> will ensue you know that you and i both know that so you know covid be damned i think at that point but yeah, yeah you know everyone do it responsibly i'm not condoning it you know i'm not saying that this is a uh if you well you know maybe you could social distance uh tailgate at the parking lot you know? yeah exactly 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 so, like, you just make sure, you, you know, six feet apart between each tailgate. So every between, second stall. Every, every second, second stall in the parking lot. Okay. Okay. Cool, 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 cool. And then, That's obviously, the main the main road, you just got to keep the you gotta keep the grill really close to the edge of the, the, the vehicle. So that way, you're not entrenching in people's the walkway, right? No, I see you. I see you on there. It's not. It's possible. It's possible. You know what, everybody? There's light at the end of the tunnel here. Moses has now delivered a uh, perfectly viable logistical solution here. Um, We're going to get Roger Goodell on the phone just now. Um, I'm going to get my assistant to do it for us. But last and definitely not least, Moses, here's a bit of a uh, toughy, toughy. So, yeah, moving on to the the, the final topic of the day, uh, we were getting on to Moses the... uh, the the, the the fiasco happening not too far down from us. Uh, the NBA back at it again, actually. We had the Brooklyn Nets um, 
make a recent hire of their head coach. And I was just going to ask you, Moses, if you had to think about who the top three candidates for that position would have been, um, that could have maybe made an influence with the squad that they'll have come next season. Um, you know, what, what, what would you say? Did you have any idea? Steve Nash, Steve Nash, and Steve Nash. I, but you see, the thing is, <laughs> I don't think too many other people would have had this. So, no. yeah, Steve Nash. They, they didn't. No. But you have to remember, who came up with this decision? That is like very who true. Was ultimately, who, who ultimately made the final decision? Well, you know, it's there obviously the GM who, who did play with, uh, who did play with Steve. Steve Nash. Yeah. But... But at the same time, you also got to look at guys he's familiar with. He's 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 known Kyrie for a while. Yeah. Likes his game. The two are good. Sean Marks, by the way, um, they played with each other, so yeah. they knew each other. The GM. Yeah. And then ultimately, the biggest factor is Kevin Durant. Both of those guys work together and really help take Durant to another level with Golden State. And I personally think that. Uh-huh. really solidified and cemented, hey, this is the guy we want. We yeah. don't necessarily need a hire. And the funny part is, I know a lot of people, and I, I saw this everywhere, and I was very hesitant to do it to Steve Nash because it's, he's got the credibility that he was only hired because he was white. I don't agree with that at all. Yeah, I don't agree with anything about a white privilege or a black privilege or anything like that in this whole scenario, because at the end of the day, you have a great basketball mind. You could talk about a, an assistant GM being there uh, who, who took over in the bubble, who did a fantastic job. The name skips me at the moment, but a lot of people are saying, well, he should have gotten the job. And I'm like, look, at the end of the day, who is someone that the players are going to rely on and not just only rely on, but respect. And it's, it's not just all the players, but in particular, too, your superstars, which is Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Both of them signed off on this. Yeah. They didn't say, well, we got to go through a diversity hire. We got to do this. No, they wanted Steve Nash. Yeah. So yeah. they wanted him. He developed a relationship with both of them. They are a good fit because yeah. they will respect Steve Nash. Surprisingly, the only thing that surprised me the most was the fact that Steve Nash wanted to coach. I don't think a lot of people knew actually that, that he, he wanted was, to get he had an interest in it. But yeah, yeah. exactly. So so um yeah just to also add uh the assistant coach is Jacques Vaughn. So he coached during yes. the um <clears throat> he coached the Brooklyn the Nets and the Bubbles because they had just uh fired Atkinson. And um, so he was a caretaker. And I mean, yeah, he is still coming back. He is getting paid a full salary. And it's not like, you know, when you look at an assistant, uh, assistants aren't just some lackeys or just some underling. No, they're very important people. They're on very the important people. They, 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 the order. number two. I De- think it's great. Yeah. depending And depending on the structure as well, because depending on the team, some teams have the, the, the number one and two play off each other. Um that the, the teammates themselves are able to gain perspective or, or go to either or, you know, and then some are very much hierarchical and they have the top-down approach where, you know, the final decision is say-so by the head coach. Um, I would imagine that, at least in Brooklyn's sense, that Jacques is more familiar with the system, of course. Um, he's been working there a lot longer, so would I would imagine be the one to help the transition for Steve Nash as Steve Nash gets into this position, right? And the thing is, Steve Nash isn't just some, you know, some dum-dum. Like, no. he was ultimately one of the greatest point guards to ever play the game. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, so when you throw him in in the likes of Derek Fisher, Jason Kidd, right? First-time guys who didn't really have the experience in big markets. Yeah. Well, to a certain yeah. extent. Um, uh, well, yeah, with Brooklyn, that's right, with Jason Kidd's first stint. Yeah. How can you really consider this? Because I heard a lot of people just talk about race a lot. Yeah. And I know with the issues that we have, this is further, the furthest thing from it. And I just, it's not so much annoying. It's just, it's, it's, it, to me, it seems like it's the lowest common denominator we're going after because of this. And I know with things that have happened in the past 
or with you want more diversity hires yes yeah my thing is this had nothing to do with it and they just wanted to do that anyways Mm -hmm. so for me i strongly disagree it didn't involve him when you look at coaches that have gone in first time guys that were former nba players ran to the hop I think there's been about 15, half of them have been black in most recent years out of the five, three have been black. So, you know, I just named two of them off there, Jason Kidd, Derek Fisher being there. Yeah. So for me, I don't see it as being an issue. Should there be more coaches? That's another debate, but that's certainly one that's valid. Yeah. And but it didn't involve and, Steve Nash in this and case. And it shouldn't have involved. And it's, it's, I feel it's, it's hard. To, it's hard. It's hard to, it's hard to really um, quantify the quality like the quality of what makes a coach and how to gauge who's deserving of the position or not really it's it's a lot of vibes as well like if the ownership if the 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 gm have a better relationship or feel like they believe or trust in whatever it is that coach is talking about it doesn't matter how good your stats are and i would imagine i agree with that too it's the discretion of the gm and the discretion of the the players and the discretion like it's it's all so relative it's difficult to really base it on something so broad stroke um, two black players yeah saying they wanted a coach who just happened to be white yeah but that's the only thing and i mean but man here's the thing steve the thing is, is for the people man he can ball yeah he steve, can ball steve and it's not for like the people he, he Steve, knows, yeah, exactly. He's he's well respected within the within the communities, including the yeah. black community. Steve, so it's yeah. not like this is just um you know foreign concept, or you know how are you you know it's just kind of out of the blue. Mm-hmm. Steve Nash has the resume, the repertoire, the charisma, and so, the credibility um, to do this job to be respected by the players, regardless of what their color is. So to so that is yeah, I was I was gonna say now now that aside. What do you think his biggest attribute or his biggest uh, uh, contributing factors will be? Because I had a few in my mind as to why he would be a good coach for them. Just going because, I mean, we have the perspective of number one, him not having much coaching experience. So in the mind of and and the technical know-how we're saying he may have the book smarts, but he hasn't been able to prove it yet. And two, the, more of his experience is going to go off as a player, right? So now I could say on my my end, obviously, he's going to ma- make sure everyone's shooting at least 35% and 40% from the free throw. He's going to work. Everyone on the team is going to get a clinic in free throw shooting from Steve Nash free of charge um uh who what else steve nash was a part of the influential seven seconds or less at the suns and that's what spurred on the actual golden state system that got golden state those back-to-back wins and i think he knows how to hone it and how to create that sort of movement he has Kyrie and kd who are both incredible um, athletes and that could run the floor at that pace definitely Kyrie can run the floor at that pace Spencer Dinwiddie as well Jared Allen for sure and um, what's his face who just went off um, even though they got swept oh, Levert. Karis Levert incredible athletes right so you have all those attacking attack minded players and with Steve Nash's um, experience you know, playing on that seven seconds or less, I think it's rev- definitely going to change things up for Brooklyn. Part of that Golden State Warriors as well, um, more of yes. an advisory role, but still in the background that system, one hundred percent. Yeah, I was going to mention that he was going to be Mike D'Antoni two point oh, and mm. he's probably going to take that offense and make it uh, let's say even better. But if you add just a little bit more defense to it, <laughs> very 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 dangerous or, squad. Or, or demand, all that, or that demand the exception. more from defense. I think D'Antoni doesn't demand think, enough. Yeah, and I think that's uh, I think that's what it comes down to. I think Steve Nash will, and if you look at the players he has, like mm-hmm. with Kyrie Irving, you know. He can play deep. Lockdown. He so can, can lock. If it's someone his size, someone his size, and he can oh, read yeah. you, he's got you on lock. 
Um, KD, uh, that's a give. If, K- if you want to use was it the 2016 NBA Finals as a yeah. proper example <laughs> yeah. of that? Yeah, I know, I'm just saying. Yeah, and then KD, it doesn't even it goes without question. It, Absolutely, you're gonna lose. Uh, <laughs> doesn't matter who you are. You're not gonna win that matchup. I'm sorry. So I think I really do see that. Yeah, I think he has that mentality. It's what mm-hmm. the game is played, and you know this is a team that can shoot the ball. And I think if you, right now it's 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 all about shooting threes, shooting the threes, and you have to be shooting at a high volume and at a good percentage. For sure, for so sure. If you got guys going to be shooting at the elevations of the high thirties, low forties at bare minimum. You're a very good position, and you know a lot of these guys can shoot more than that. So. They are in a in a prime spot, and I think in terms of the philosophy, how the guys jive with him, and in terms of their big superstars, yeah, yeah, it's it's a really good fit, and I think the Nets are going to be very dangerous once KD is hundred percent healthy and ready to go. Yeah, for sure, because I I would imagine that what you know the, he has the the intelligence to help create plays that allow. Kyrie and KD to find their shot. You know, KD can do it contested or uncontested. I would imagine he's a lot more efficient, you know, obviously a lot more efficient uncontested. Um, And that would save his body a lot more if they could do that. And I think that's probably why they want... uh, Another reason they're going to get Steve Nash to come in, because he's... They they did a lot of that, you know... um, I guess it was Diao. Diao, I can't remember what his name was. His big screeny, big, big screeny. Stoudemire as well. They did a lot of uh, pick and roll action there. And uh, a lot of the time it was either for, you know, to get Steve his shot or to help him run down the lane or to, you know, throw it back to Stoudemire. Stoudemire, of course, will yam it in. But, you know, if Stoudemire wanted a mid-range, he could do that too. And I do think that they're going to transition that for KD because KD can do from the perimeter. He's a lot more lethal. I, I mean, he's effective from the perimeter because he can make the shot regardless. And it's three points as opposed to a long two or a mid-range two. And you don't want to have him in the paint that much. So they're going to... they're going. You know what, man? Brooklyn have... A very good combination. I'm. I think now thinking about it, they're on. I'm on board. I do see some talent coming their way. Um, but yeah, I, I do think we're gonna see a more um, wild west east next season. Hopefully, we see a lot more um, surprises than this season because I think, for as much as we were hoping for a lot of big over-the-top surprises. I was hoping for the magic, in my opinion. I was looking for the magic to come through, you know? Show us a little bit of magic. You know, Eric Gordon, come on. show Not Eric Gordon, but Aaron Gordon. Show me some magic, bro. But I guess not. Moses, um, aside from that, is there anything else that you wanted to add? Did we ever touch on the NBA draft a couple weeks ago? I don't know if the draft lottery, because... Oh, how did Golden State nearly get the first overall pick? How the hell did Golden State nearly get the first over, almost get the first overall with Steph Curry's tight ass cornrows? Let's talk about that. My man had the rows so tight I could feel them through the screen. I was like, goodness gracious me, that was he just got them twisted. Like, they were just done. He was just done, yeah. Ooh, ooh, ooh. They, just put on the, they just put on the coconut oil over there just to, just to moisturize the scalp. And then he's like, I died. And he's like, brushes away. Just, you know, she's like, you got something in the bag. He's like, mm-mm, mm I'm on camera now, Mama. I'm on camera Mama, I'm on camera now. Hello. You know, I saw that. I saw that. But, yeah, man, I don't know. Golden State are... Destined to get uh, the next ball brother, uh, in my opinion. And um, if they the, do... The Timberwolves. The Timberwolves got it. No, you think the Timberwolves are going to go a different direction? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. They really don't know what they're doing. You know what I mean? We're going for they another would, big. Yeah. I think they, it'll be great. Yeah. <laughs> what about Cat? We're going to... We're going with Cat. We're going with Cat. 
We're going with Cat. They gave away Andrew Wiggins, so they made it clear that they Cat is the guy they're sticking with. They cannot go back on this guy. Otherwise, what the hell was all of this for, right? Obviously, what it was for was a waste of time. We all know Should that. Should have kept Jimmy Butler. That's what yeah. we Thank you. But Jimmy, no. They couldn't handle Jimmy. Mm-mm. They couldn't handle no, Jimmy. No, the problem is, no, well, yeah, those, but that's their kid's problem, not them. And I don't know. You, you, I guess you tied in so much money into him. You, you had yeah. to, you're kind of, your, for, your hand was forced as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Everyone else who has to leave Minnesota leaves because Cat is so expensive. Co- they lost Covington because Cat was so expensive. Like, you, you, it's not great for your, your franchise if you have to keep, like, trimming the fat in order to keep some guy who can barely... You know, like, is he even a superstar? I don't know. Like, the guy's oh, the most frustrating big I've ever seen in my life. DeMarcus Cousins makes him look like a kid. And they're practically the same height. It's ridiculous. Um, but, yeah. No, Minnesota... Just looking at that order. Yeah, just kind of looking at that order. So Minnesota, it's something that I don't think we've really touched on. But, yeah, no, Minnesota... Minnesota didn't. Uh, they they they're gonna ruin it. Uh, they're gonna give. Um, they're gonna give ball to to Golden State, or Golden State's gonna trade for for ball. But who could Golden State trade for ball? Andrew Wiggins. Are they already wait a minute. Hold on. They, yeah, because they have Wiggins on their team now. Because they picked him up in a deal. That'd be messed up. That'd be messed <laughs> up. That'd be like, bro, you like no one loves you, like no one loves you. You know, D'Angelo Russell would be like, yeah, it's a cold world, my dude. How do you think I feel? You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, I went from like most improved player. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah, was get this in nice Brooklyn, contract out in Golden State. W- went to Brooklyn. It was you know given to Brooklyn on the basis that he couldn't lead, became a leader, helped. Take Brooklyn up a step. Literally, Brooklyn, since him being introduced, like the quality of Brooklyn has gone up to that level. And they've maintained it since, right? Um, He's definitely helped to institute a culture of of winning, you know? Like a winning mindset. So... I mean, I feel for him, and I I think the NBA is kind of cold for that stuff too. But, dude, I don't think Minnesota's going to mess this up somehow. I just really do think they're they, them, the Knicks, Phoenix, maybe not so much anymore. I think Phoenix are getting a grip. Um, Charlotte, they don't know Charlotte. They don't know what the hell. Michael Jordan is smoking way too many cigars. I don't know what the hell he's doing there. I hope he's beating himself up because he's watching. You know why? You know why he should be beating himself up, Moses? What's that? Because he's sitting at home and he's watching Kemba Walker go off. And it's this is exactly it. It didn't take Kemba three seasons. It didn't take him five years to adapt. Kemba Walker walked in last season and now they are, they are making a deep playoff run. Just like that. Just like that. That's how good of a talent this guy was. And they just let him walk out the door. It's ridiculous. Why not Why not help build a team around him? He, I, he would have gladly stayed. He, he was willing to stay. He took a cut. It's ridiculous. I, no, I'm, you know what? Well, well, Gordon Howard's available. Yeah. Or Hayward's available. Who, fuck, who gives a shit about this guy? Gordon Hayward's breaking his leg every 10 days, man. What is this guy's made saying, out of gloss available. now? He's I'm made out of he's gloss. Available. He's available. Everyone's talking about how good he is. Yeah, it's like if he can get started. The guy hasn't been... <laughs> I haven't seen him play, like, at an elite level since, since he... That freak since he played the for the Utah. <laughs> since he played well, for he Utah. That, yeah. In the since opening game, Moses, he uh, Moses, tore. since he played, played for yeah. Utah. 
you haven't seen Gordon Hayward. Yeah, because he level got hurt. He had that freak. Uh, I agree. I watched ankle it. break, and I saw then that. I everything saw changed for him. I saw it. I saw it. I seen it. I seen it. But I knew that that was like bad mojo. Like that was actually bad voodoo. That whole trading series over there, where you guys were trying to trade for for big players, and I knew it was it was never meant to be. But outside of that. Uh, you know, I know we, we got to wrap it up, you know, it's past bedtimes, um, for me and, um, Moses, is there anything else that you, you had nothing on the, nothing oh. on the billet, nothing well, on the billet to for go. me too. Um, ladies and germs, I hope you enjoyed listening to episode 17. We're back, you know, we're back and we're better. We want you back. Never mind. But, you know, if there's nothing else to add, we'll see you next week for more sports. And just so you know and remember, as always, Paul Pierce ain't shit. Moses, have a good one. No? Okay. (laughs) This podcast is a Collab House production.